From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in unassuming sincere Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. In this interview episode, we talk to Alex Chang, the official zookeeper at Glitch, to discuss the upcoming Glitch Connect Digital Games Festival, which he is producing. We'll also talk about participating in and hosting video game events of all shapes and sizes. And so, let's start. Welcome, Alex. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Thanks, guys. Yay! So you guys make this every week, and I'm just sitting outside sad once you put the curtains up. <laughs> well, you finally get to see the mystery. I know. This is what you guys are doing here. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a, a, a new employee of Glitch. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so give us the background. How did you get involved? Um, okay. So I started, uh, I actually used to work for Activision. And through that, I got into contact with Ava a little bit just mm. because they, I wanted to get more into the community besides just working at the local publishing office here. Mm-hmm. So I had a few meetings with Ava and then, uh, I'm sure this is public knowledge by now, but they closed down the Minneapolis Activision office. Yeah. Right. And right when my time with Activision was up, Ava needed somebody to help with GlitchCon as a producer. And so I was just like, this is perfect timing. Mm-hmm. And so I went and talked to her, applied and all that. And it worked out. Yay. Cool. Nice. <laughs> cool. And I know that, um, GlitchCon in the past has been, I mean, it's the biggest thing Glitch does every year, yep. but it's bigger and better this year in part because we now have you to actually put it on instead <laughs> yes. of just like everybody <laughs> else who has things already to do, you know, in, I, I know it's, it's really appreciated around here. It, it, in theory, that is correct. <laughs> see, I keep telling Ava, like, we'll see once the actual thing happens. And then I like had to remind her, like, I have a finance degree. So just keep in mind that I haven't exactly done Something like this to the scale, but, but I mean, I don't know. It's been it's been pretty pretty fun so far. It's been going okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Seems like you're doing a good job. That's okay. At least, the, <laughs> at least part of it's working. Then so. the, the illusion is completed. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've done um, absolutely nothing for GlitchCon these past two months. Just been pretending I've been working. Uh, so let's get put a little temporal context on this. So the uh, submissions for GlitchCon for talks, for Minicade, for, for demos and stuff, that just concluded. Yes. And so you're sifting through them now? Yep. Um, I should mention that the, I, I don't know when this will be posted, but yep. volunteers are technically still open. Okay. Right. So people can still apply for that. But yeah, everything else is closed, and we are just now in the process of trying to figure out how to finalize and kind of take the you know final submissions for basically everything and which ones we'll actually have at GlitchCon. Yeah, and GlitchCon is when? It is May 5th through 7th, which is the weekend of, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Friday is the launch party, which is taking place at CanCan Wonderland, and they'll start at 6 p.m. Oh, But nice. So the actual bulk of the convention will be the Saturday and Sunday, May 6th and 7th. Okay. So yeah. when, when this goes live, that'll just be in a couple weeks. Yeah. So if you haven't already, mark it on your calendar. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. say where it was? Is that oh. the Soap Factory, right? Yep, it is at Soap Factory. Cool. Yeah, we'll put all the details uh, for it in the show notes, of course. Yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're at, we're at this point in planning the event. It is upcoming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what's left to do? What have you done? Like, give us the little, like, uh, the, the four and one on it. Uh, okay. So my biggest concern, uh, leading into everything was making sure there was enough content because mm-hmm. that is what I feel like you're essentially paying for yeah. is for these talks and these workshops and stuff like that. So that was like my biggest, my biggest point of stress. And now that we've gotten around somewhere around 80 submissions, it's like, that's wow. a huge weight off my shoulder. Because, <laughs> yeah, even, even if we only take theoretically half of them, that's still 40 sessions over two days, which is quite a, quite a oh, decent yeah. amount. Yeah, that's huge. 
So that I am glad about. Now there is just a whole bunch of like smaller logistical things that are popping up that I hadn't fully considered that I have to figure out now, like seating, yeah. like, actual, like actual physical seating, not like a space perspective, but right. like, where am I going to get this seating? Yeah. Um, finding somebody who can distribute and sell alcohol. That's like another big thing. Mm-hmm. Supposedly there's might be some kind of like loopholes regarding that where it's like if you sell drink tickets or something, but I don't know. So figuring that out is another thing. And then also just like at some point I'll have to talk to all the volunteers and just things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of the, a lot of the acquiring stuff is done. Now it's just putting where to put them and putting all the pieces in and they're all the right places. Right, right. All the big questions are answered. Yep. yep. Just a little, many little questions. now. But yeah, there are many. Yeah. So a bunch of these little questions, if they don't get answered, you just have an empty empty space with people standing there. So it's like a, we can make that work. That's, yeah, that's the thing. Like my worst case scenario now is much better. If it is purely just an empty space with people and standing around, it's like, well, at least you can kind of have some semblance of a convention then. Yeah. People, to, people can sit on the floor. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like my worst it, case yeah. scenario. It'll still just, occur. So bring your own pillow. Bring, weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like, let's just say we only got like 15 submissions. Mm-hmm. Then I would be extremely stressed. Cause it's like, you don't, you don't have a convention then. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's better to have too many than too little. Yep. And then, yeah, the rest of the stuff, it's like, I mean, obviously, worst case scenario, let's just say we don't have alcohol. Like, that doesn't fully stop the train, mm-hmm. although I'm sure it is like much preferred if we do. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know I don't drink, so I know there was. Uh, yeah, like I don't a, really drink either, so yeah. that's why I probably I didn't think about it. Uh, yeah, last well. year I'm like, was there even alcohol? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess there was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just then it's like I don't even notice. Yeah, so. it's not a huge part. Oh, well, they, yeah. they have like nice themed drinks. They had like the they oh, had a, nice. like a blue a blue potion and a red potion, mana potion or something. Oh, that's, that's right. Cool, yeah. Ava was saying they do like a health and a mana thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people do appreciate it certainly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. See, I don't drink either. I wouldn't have noticed, but apparently people even not complained, but apparently they weren't happy about the fact that there was only alcohol on saturday and not sunday mm. and it's like i don't know it's like i guess they wanted it on both days sure but i don't know necessarily how many people cared for, i mean it's sunday <laughs> but I, yeah. I don't know i guess some people wanted it, and it yeah and there. that's interesting right because you you have to take an account feedback from past events which yep. you didn't plan yep exactly. <laughs> so, so you have to rely on the institutional memory here at glitch and and asking around like what was what was it what's the context of that feedback and how should i re- react to it how has that been a challenge it it has been okay, so it doesn't help me either that I haven't been to a GlitchCon before. Mm-hmm. So you know, had I attended one, it would because you know I know <laughs> kind of honestly because it's like I'll have to ask some basic fundamental questions about GlitchCon that I'm sure you guys even know the answer to just for attending them. Like, mm-hmm. what was the setup in Minicade like last year? Like you guys probably remember. Mm-hmm. It's like I've never seen one. So uh, I mean, it does help that obviously everybody can answer those questions, and like you guys are here too. So yeah. you, like you guys have asked answered questions for me that mm-hmm. I've asked before on on certain details I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is. I know that they're going. There's like some kind of an initiative to take more data on this year's GlitchCon mm-hmm. for moving forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know there's bits and pieces from previous years, but it's not as in depth as they would like it. Yeah. So that's something else too that that'll be nice going in the future because mm-hmm. right now it is just me asking people and like digging through old emails and yeah. photos and stuff like that. Well, if Nick has his way, everything will be I fully. Mean, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To be fair, though, ID tags or whatever. To be fair, GlitchCon has changed quite a bit since the first year. That's true. Uh, it was. I felt like it was more of a party thing than it was uh, like a, a, a convention. Uh, like. Mm-hmm. 
because there were there were like tournaments, League of Legends tournaments. I think there were maybe a fighting game tournament. I don't. I kind of doubt that now that I think about it. <laughs> Not a lot of fighting game people here, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so uh, it's 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 just evolving from here. And That's very just, true. It's just going to keep evolving with you on. Yeah, on your that. your lack of familiarity with it uh, is not not really a drawback because mm-hmm. it seems like it it grows and changes orders of magnitude each year. So yep. your f- fresh perspective is probably good for it. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that sounds nice. <laughs> I, so. I mean, it, it also like the other thing too that has been a huge factor this year is kind of how it's at a new venue, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's at the Soap Factory as compared to being on the U of M campus. So it's like that that presented a whole bunch of problems that we weren't okay. So for example, by default, the U of M. I can't remember the name of the hall. I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, uh, it, it was McNamara yep. Center. Yep. So th- there was seating there, like chairs and tables right. were there. Uh, I believe TVs were there, like or at least uh, the possibility of using maybe. that kind of equipment. Yeah, I gave a talk there last year, and there was just a TV on the wall ready to yep. go. Yeah, so, yeah. And so that's the thing. It's like Soap Factory doesn't. They have a they have some chairs they're letting us use and all that, but it's like we lose some of that stuff. Like somebody asked me, I think just a week or two ago, like, what about the Wi-Fi at the Soap Factory? I'm just like, you know what? I I don't know. Like, I don't know if they have it. But then it's like yeah, at the U of M, it's like yes, they do. Yeah, all that stuff's right. there. And so there's like things like that that are popping up. Like one of the big ones is, I guess that there are four doors to McNamara mm-hmm. and oh. we needed somebody in previous years, apparently to be stationed at each door yeah. to route them to the registration table. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so now it's like sub factory only has one entrance. It's like we save three volunteers that way and then nobody <laughs> can like sneak in or stuff like that. Uh-huh. So there's like things like that, that I just haven't even realized until they show up. Yeah. Right. Right. I know you guys have made, are you, made some changes to GlitchCon already. Like I heard about the booklets. Oh yeah. <laughs> so people are a big fan of the booklets. Yeah. Which I, underst- I know. Which I understand. Wait, what? They're going away? They're gone. What? No. Because I know. Okay. So I get it. The booklets are great. I really do like them. Um, we should describe the booklets probably. Okay. They are, they are little like, I don't know, 12, 14 page booklets. There's like every, everything you need to know about GlitchCon is in there. There's like a little map. There's a, a listing of all the sessions, little pictures of all the mini kids in there. Yeah. I think it was called the player's guide, which was really cute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some events have these, some don't. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, basically all the good things we're about to say about this thing are just irrelevant because it's gone this year. <laughs> um, but there's like, okay, yeah, so it gives you, uh, yeah, everything you do need to know about GlitchCon is self-contained in this little booklet. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can imagine, though, they were pretty expensive to print. Right. But the one of the main reasons we kind of decided to do away with them is however many we had kind of capped how many people could come to GlitchCon. Right. Because those oh, were yeah. also technically the badges. Mm-hmm. And this year we're doing something where you can buy just your pass at the door just for that particular day. Oh. So if you wanted to come just for one day, you could just get a day pass for that particular day. Okay. So then that way for anybody who shows up at like 4 p.m. on Saturday, they don't have to buy a full pass when they've already missed essentially half of the value. Yeah. Right. And so that was part of the reason why we got rid of got rid of the booklets and also, I mean, the budget and costs yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> so we kind of just waited out and there was a few creative things we could do with projectors at the soap factory that would kind of replace the, uh, the booklets themselves. Mm-hmm. So after yeah. we kind of weighed the pros and cons, we're like, okay. Yeah. People can have the schedule on their phone and it, it's interesting yep. that you put it in that, that way that like losing it gets you something else. Yep. And I think that's, that kind of thinking is, is really kind of, ex- it's very encouraging to hear. 
that like you're you're maximizing not just the sort of cost efficiency but also the mission efficiency of, well, of the event I, I just want to emphasize it wasn't purely like these things are expensive no let's not do them <laughs> it was like we had to be sure that everything we took away would be there in another form mm-hmm. and then the additional added benefit is these whole day pass things so then you're not confined with it and then another thing i know that people wanted that we're able to do now now that we don't have to print on these booklets is so you can i don't believe on the previous uh their badges technically i don't think they had your names on them I think it was just. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So now we will be able to have your uh, your badge with your actual name on it. But on top of that, too, like, I'm pretty sure we have some room maybe for like a a Twitter. But more importantly, like what company you work for or the name of your studio or things like that, Mm -hmm. which I think people would appreciate being able to see. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. When I go to events, they have like um, uh, like things like that that aren't aren't name tags. Then you usually have like a Sharpie on a name tag sticker or something. It always goes on my sweatshirt and then my sweatshirt comes off after the first session. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I just like I don't I don't think people like them seriously. So like that's a little thing, but like that will probably make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I know Katie is working on ribbons. I'm not sure about the specifics on the ribbons, but Mm -hmm. those will be a thing too. So it just gives a little bit more of, I guess, kind of personalization, but more like you know you can see who I am, kind of what I do, a little bit more of a glance rather than just like it's just a whole bunch of people here. I don't know who does what, but (laughs) yeah, it makes it makes it feel more like a big deal if your name's on printed on something. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's totally true. <laughs> I have a, I have a hook in, in my home office that has all of my badges from events and stuff. Mm. It's a little souvenir. A lot of people do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and my name's on all of them and it's like a, yeah, there's that little, little connection. Right? Yeah. Yep. And that's uh, what Glitch Connect is all about. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make that pun. Be to do it. Be to do it. <laughs> I decidedly wasn't going to make that pun. <laughs> I pun didn't even occur to me, so <laughs> you guys can have it. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about, I mean, make the sell. Like, what's 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 coming up at Glitch Connect? Okay. Um, Give us the rundown of everything. Obviously, can't get too specific, but uh, there will be the staples, such as the Minicade, which is a, uh, it'll just be, it's like an offering of local indie developed games. Actually, I shouldn't even say local at this point, because I, I think there's like some submissions from Wisconsin and a few other states. But so mm-hmm. just indie developed games that will be up all weekend showcase that people can go and play. Um, one of the things is it's not so if, because I know some of you guys might have submitted to, you're not required as the developer to like be at your station for mm-hmm. the in- duration of Minicade. Yeah. However, that being said, if you do want to take advantage of like play testing and stuff like that, you can definitely do that. Um, there will be a new section that is called new dimensions, which we kind of realized there would be a decent amount of VR submissions. Mm hmm. And that's where New Dimensions kind of sits in. It'll be, we'll look through some of the submissions, maybe curate some stuff, but that will be where like, we're going to kind of put the new technology together in is New Dimensions. And this year it's virtual reality. And we think it's something that maybe next year, if there's like another emerging technology, that's where we'll put that to. So that will be a new feature. Uh, There's the board game hall, which is a staple. Um, There'll be a couple board game prototypes for people to demo, as well as just uh, some games you can check out and play. Um, there will also be obviously the keynote and the sessions. And then there, one of the new main things we're doing, um, is setting a theme to GlitchCon. And this year's theme is neon noir. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's this area called the select screen, which you can just think of as curated games that revolve around the particular theme for GlitchCon this year. And it'll kind of be incorporated into like a lounge area too. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't think I can mention what games are in there, but there will be, a handful of games that should fit the theme of neon noir 
and there'll be kind of a cool space for you to play and check these games out. These games aren't necessarily developed by local indie teams, but they're just games that I think they're, it's fair to call them indie games, but there'll be indie games that kind of embody the theme of BlitchCon. Mm-hmm. That's and then great. You can just go and see them. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Sort of like, um, I know Glitch did some events at Northern Spark and they all had a theme, right? Something yep. Like yep. Kind of like that. Yeah. So then every year from GlitchCon now, we'll, I don't know, uh, we kind of just came up with this, Katie Ava and I did on the fly, the theme of Neon Noir, mm-hmm. but we'll probably put in some kind of process to actually yeah. pick a theme for next year. But <laughs> it, so there will be a theme for GlitchCon now mm-hmm. every year. You know, that's one of the things about GlitchCon that is endemic of everything about Glitch and its programs, which is the sort of iterative process. Mm-hmm. So like Minicade is all weekend now, whereas last year it was only during certain times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right, that's right? true. Yeah. Uh, there were sessions last year, but now there are session tracks and yep. it's being uh, curated by a bunch of different professionals. I want to ask you about that. But uh, although you're talking about the theme, that's new for this year. And like yep. you're saying, next year you're gonna, you know, you're gonna do more with it. And like that, you're just recognizing that you can just throw it up like a beta, yep. right? And then, and so, so it seems like every year there's gonna be something new and interesting and ex- almost experimental, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas at the same time, you'll also be refining and professionalizing other elements. Yep, that's be- really cool here because it's. I mean, there's a possibility some of the new stuff just doesn't catch and it's like we're not mm-hmm. just going to keep forcing it right every yeah. year so right. it's it's kind of uh it is I, I guess calling it a beta is a good way to phrase it mm-hmm. we just learn from what people like minicade obviously people liked a lot so now it's like we should just have it up all weekend rather than just a brief window where if you miss it you miss it so yeah yeah see when i tell you guys play test your stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's important. yeah that's a, one of the principal messages of this show is, <laughs> is just listen to things steven says yeah yeah i know what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> So tell us about the session tracks. Like, how is that different from last year, and what are the plans for it? Uh, okay, so one of the main goals of GlitchCon this year was just to increase the amount of content. I think mm-hmm. last year there were around 25 sessions total, mm-hmm. and they weren't necessarily categorized. Actually, I don't think they were categorized in, in any kind of a form. Not really, no. no. And so part of, part of wanting to get more content for this year was also to kind of categorize them just so people, because people obviously have certain interests within the games industry. Right. And so we decided to categorize them in tracks a um, little bit like kind of like how GDC does it. There's like the art track, the audio track and just mm-hmm. things like that. And so by us acquiring more content, we figured there had to be a way for people to, to sort this content. And so that's, that's what we ended up doing. And then so there'll be a schedule and you can just if you're more interested in audio, you can kind of see all the audio sessions at what time they occur. And just I don't know, that was basically the reasoning for it to kind of give. So it's not just all of a sudden, let's just say we get finalize 60 sessions it's not like here's 60 sessions go dig through them one by one and figure out which ones you want to go to right yeah so hopefully you know it's it's kind of a helpful tool mm-hmm. for people to mm-hmm. find what they need mm-hmm. and how are you uh how are you curating what goes in each track okay so uh, at the beginning of the whole process we reached out to people that were well known and respected well i have experience well known and respected within their industry mm-hmm. so uh, then we asked them to be part of a selection committee and what they did would be reach out into their networks to acquire content. So we asked them to reach out to people within their network uh, to, to have them submit sessions and things like that. Right. And then now after we have all of them, we will now have them essentially read a, kind, of a, a kind of a blind summary of all the sessions. They don't know who wrote them or things like that. And then kind of just rank them in terms of which ones they think would be of the most value to attendees at GlitchCon also, and also which ones would have or which ones fit the message of the track the best. Mm-hmm. And then through these rankings that we also will do as glitch staff um, and with the selection committee is kind of how we'll decide 
like you know if there's one unanimously ranked at the top it's like okay well we definitely need to have this session then mm-hmm. so we'll go through these rankings and kind of see which ones we think will be a good like a good fit for a particular track and maybe shift them around if necessary nice mm-hmm. so what uh what kind of content are you looking for or have we're looking for rather submissions are closed of course uh that uh that is new for GlitchCon. um so there will be like the standard smaller talks, which, you know, are always kind of a staple of these things where mm-hmm. like, you know, people share their knowledge and experience. Mm-hmm. So those are always important. But uh, I personally like the ideas of open discussions and workshops more because um, I'm sure they were there and it's more my fault for not finding them. But uh, when I was at GDC, it seemed like there wasn't too much, uh, too many things that required or not required or Forced isn't a good word either, but kind of necessitated interaction between people. Mm. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I like the talks. A lot of the talks are, are fun and they're important, but it's like, I feel like part of it is to, to get people. And now you made the pun about glitch connect. And it's like <laughs> to get people to connect and, and, and talk to each other. And, Cause that's, that's what I want. I want glitch kind of feel more personal yeah. uh-huh. than like a big convention. Cause yeah. it's, you know, a big convention by default. I know is like a lot of people and you just go and do stuff, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's a tight knit community here. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted the workshops and the discussions. And that's why uh, like some of the ones that I know that actually you guys have submitted, I think are great. Um, Obviously I can't (laughs) say (laughs) I think you both submitted ones that necessitate discussion. Yeah. At least those Mm -hmm. are two that I've seen so far. Um, But yeah, so that's, those are the ones I like the ones that will get people to talk to each other and maybe kind of work together or think outside the box a little bit. And it's like, those, those are the ones I think will have the most value for people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a good goal for GlitchCon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that delineate that that defines the mission of GlitchCon versus an event like GDC where GlitchCon is, it's, its charge is also about um, growing and developing the community. Yeah. Where GDC doesn't have that responsibility necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's 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 int- it's really great that you're talking about not just trying to make a bigger event, but trying to make an event that's even more true to itself. Right. Yep. Because it's okay. So uh, I don't want this to sound like a criticism of GDC, but it's some of the talks that I went to is the information is. I hate to just put it this way, but the information is essentially available online. Like, don't get me wrong. There's specific stuff that they say that it's like exclusive to that talk, right? Right. When it occurred. Yeah. But, um, like some of the talks are just like some of the talks, the information they share could essentially be found elsewhere is I guess how I'll say it. Yeah. And it's like, if, if that's the case, I know that doesn't necessarily detract from value, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't provide a unique opportunity. Right. And so then if these workshops and these discussions, these will be unique to only here. These are things you can only experience here. That's true. And if you weren't there for it, then you, I guess you kind of lose out because you can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. If yeah. Whatever you guys work together in this workshop or discussion, mm-hmm. it will be unique to yeah. that particular point in time. That's an interesting way of looking at it. It makes GlitchCon more marketable because it has exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else. And I suppose that's how they market GDC, but you get the content a year later, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, if you think about the vault, of itself too yeah. it's like yeah if you don't i don't know if you don't attend gdc you can kind of source bits and pieces of the information sure. in the talks mm-hmm. not that it's exactly the same but it's like that's the thing i just didn't want it to be necessarily a bunch of talks where it's just like i can go google this same information granted in a different format mm-hmm. and less personal but yeah. it's still there mm-hmm. well also i mean as a smaller event you really have to provide the value to the you know, I guess you'd say consumer, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you need to, you can't assume that they're going to come just because they support glitch. You need yeah. to give them 
their their badge money's worth. Right? Exactly. It's I have I'm having a hard time phrasing it because like I don't want anybody to think that I don't want those talks. Like if somebody is going to give a talk where it's like I'm going to give a talk about Unity 101 basics, right? Sure. It's like I think that's also a great talk to have. Yeah. There. Granted, mm-hmm. once again, the information that they'll probably they'll probably deliver is probably available online elsewhere. But I, it also it might help in terms of say let's just say somebody who attends is usually an Unreal developer and they're like oh you know what there's this talk over here about Unity 101 I'm gonna go listen to it yeah and then they're exposed to something yeah. they wouldn't have been because they wouldn't go and look this stuff up so it's like I there, I know there's values in these talks I don't want to make it seem like yeah yeah I don't appreciate these talks but well, it's more about interacting that I think is where a lot of the value will be mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I know the um, those types of things where I'll come out of a talk at GDC or an event, I'll be like, "Yeah, that was really interesting. Like, why didn't I know this already?" And it's yep. like, well, sometimes that's why the talk is valuable yep. is because you is to motivate you and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's a challenge for the selection committee to sort out those types of things and uh, for an event like this. Yep, and I think that's part of what they're considering too. Is if if it might be like a good talk in terms of like a solid talk, but if it's just like. If it's a talk that's happened a lot elsewhere, I think yeah. that'll be like a factor too. Sure, like it's, sure. It's it's the perspective on it and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's some of these talks, although they may occur often, they're still valuable to have at things like this, just because of like what you're saying about like, oh, you know what? I would never have looked into something like this, but I can go and listen to it for you know 45 minutes really quickly, and then it's like, oh, I'm gonna start looking into this. Yeah, cool. yeah. Like there was a, a talk last year at GD or the at. GlitchCon uh, <laughs> about pixel art, and I learned about a lot of different uh, like cool programs that I would have never like. I didn't know how to look them up because yep. I didn't know about mm-hmm. how like. And a person who had taking it was like taking an art degree or something would have known. Mm. Yeah, like can, would would have known, but like I didn't. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Like in theory, everything you knew or everything you you gathered from that could have been looked up. But yeah, you you had to have that first interaction with it. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the other benefit is that uh, you can ask questions and things like that. So it's not like you're just reading a web page and it's just somebody giving you information. Yep. It's like right, if you right. don't understand something during that talk, you can go and approach that person afterwards and just, you know, or ask them for more information and things like that, mm-hmm. hey. which it's always obviously much nicer to do that to a person than just like Googling a bunch of stuff. Right, right. Yeah. You benefit from that person's contextualization. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that leads me into my other next question. I was curious, uh, how do you handle like networking in at these kinds of events? Oh man, uh, do you, I don't know if you have like a networking station where people just go in and trade business cards. That seems <laughs> unnecessary. You but. have to put on a tie before they let you through. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the actual session submissions I know was like kind of like a speed networking thing, really. Which is actually, which is a funny idea. Um, once again, I, I have no idea where it is in the process of whether or not it'll be selected. But beyond that, I feel like part of the part of a personal goal for GlitchCon, and I, I know Ava and everybody else kind of share this too, and I kind of briefly mentioned it, is I want everybody to feel like everybody there is are, are approachable. Mm-hmm. You know, like at, at GDC, it's like, obviously, once again, it's a big event, a lot of people there and things like that. You feel, I don't know, I personally felt like, oh, I like that person's work, but I don't want to just go up to them out of the blue and just kind of bug them. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, maybe they would have been okay with it. I just didn't want to do it. I feel like with the more like, it's more of an intimate space. The Mm -hmm. sessions are smaller and there's obviously less people there than GDC. 
I think that hopefully will just encourage people to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. But I feel like everybody I've interacted with in this community so far is very friendly. You know, they're all willing to work with each other. They're all very helpful. And so I feel like you can just go and approach anybody at GlitchCon. Maybe it'll help with these badges where you can see who they are and things like that. Right. But uh, otherwise, we'll try to we'll try to put some sessions or things that kind of like your guys' workshops that will encourage people to interact with each other and network. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I hope people are just open to approaching each other. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, you know, I've seen you on Slack or Twitter and, and yeah. I've seen your game and, you know, I want to ask you something about it. Yeah. And I just hope people would, would go and do that because that's that's ideally... That is the ideally the goal for me is that nobody comes to this thing and feels like they can't talk to anybody and they're just here by themselves and they don't know what to do and feel kind of lost. Yeah. I feel like if they should just be able to interact with this community. Yeah. Yeah. If that sure. answers your question. No, <laughs> no, that, that, answers, your that question. answers it pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, GlitchCon has always felt like a safe space to me. Um, and I've heard the same from others. Uh, and I even like. It's pretty cool to be able to meet people that you've seen online that you haven't been able to like actually yeah. talk to yet. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, uh, some people that I met um, in Fargo. Um, they were able to um, come down and talk to me. Um, and it was really cool <laughs> just to be able to do that. So mm -hmm. I definitely feel like you guys are making that effort. And it sounds like having those workshops and things are uh, another way, another avenue of doing that too. Yep. And it's, it's just like an example. Uh, so oh, I should mention this too. Um, we're also doing a brewery tour event. Oh, yes. Oh, which yeah. is just, uh, we'll do video game theme trivia and uh, local indie game demos at, uh, there's two more stops. Mm -hmm. One is at Insight and that is on April 7th. Which will probably have passed by the time this episode goes up. Gotcha. And then the last one then will be on April 19th at Modest. Which might have. I don't know. <laughs> We're a nice games club as a rule is bad at calendar math. Yes. So <laughs> we don't know. It's part of, it's part of our gimmick. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's part of the charm. It's what people love about us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the reason I brought it up though is it was nice to see at uh, the first event at Bauhaus where we had somebody just drop in and had a game to demo and mm -hmm. they didn't sign up. And everybody was like willing to accommodate the drop in. Like yeah. there was a shared time on a projector. Everybody had like an hour or two to use on this big main screen. And they mm -hmm. were all just like, oh, we'll take less time so they can get on there. Mm -hmm. And then at one point there wasn't even a, a, a TV to use. And somebody just offered up their TV and they're like, I'll just demo on my laptop. You can use my TV. Wow. So it's like, I hope that carries over to GlitchCon. Yeah. People are, you know, like say we're setting up Minicade and somebody's controller breaks. I don't think they're just out of luck and they have to go and find the controller. I think everybody in the community will work together and do whatever yeah, they can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that'll translate into other things too. You know, mm -hmm. people just go and approach each other and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those, I mean that, that attitude I, I think is uh, reflected in a lot of the sort of more social events that are part of GlitchCon. The, like the, the um, neon noir, uh, um, what was select screen? Right? Yep, select screen and uh, and Minicade and uh, other than just it being like a conference, it's also a convention. It's kind of both. Yep. And uh, how do you uh, balance those two things for the different audiences that are coming? Because I imagine there'll be certainly you want a lot of people who are interested in development to come and learn mm -hmm. and experience and network and share, but you also want people to come in who are interested in playing these indie games and being part of the community at that level. Yep. How do you uh, how do you identify those people and how do you service both of those audiences? So that was actually that was actually kind of a hard thing because one of the problems we ran into too is uh, people were asking like what they what we thought the skill level of people would be in terms of let's just say for the talks for the conference yeah mm -hmm. and so that that 
that is part of the reason we're going to try to do a better job to like uh, track data and things like that and, and kind of see which maybe which sessions people gravitated towards more mm-hmm. and that we okay. can kind of see that too. But yes, that, there is a balance between like if we made it purely a conference, it just there would be a lot of information and stuff and I'm sure it would be beneficial, but it just wouldn't be fun if yeah. it was just purely a conference. So that's just something we always have to keep in mind. Um, Ava does a good job of it because she's always like, I want it to be fun. I want it to be a rave <laughs> in the basement. Like that. So, so she does a good job of like re- reminding everybody that it's not purely a conference. However, there is the value of, of the talks and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. that's just something I guess we always like think about whenever we come up with a session or, you know, come up with an installation or something along those lines. It's like, does this provide value in terms of people like uh, something they can take away from it as an attendee and in general is it fun mm-hmm. and it, i basically if it doesn't kind of fit both of those requirements then we kind of just don't think it's necessarily a good fit yeah and i mean i guess yeah that's i don't know it, it, it is kind of hard to say because who knows this year maybe there could be more people attending purely for the fun parts and not wanting to attend any of the talks right. or vice versa yeah and so I don't know. It's hard to say. So we kind of just try to keep it 50 50. Mm-hmm. So that way at least both bases are covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well with the day passes and that more flexible attendee thing, you can also get people to come for just the half of it they're interested in mm-hmm. and walk away happy. Yep. Right. Uh, yep. Not, not so then, feel like they were overserved this thing they weren't interested in. Exactly. Yeah. So they don't have to commit to the entire thing, you know, mm-hmm. for the whole weekend, they can just come in and out. Yeah. I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I only convinced one of my friends to show up last year. And so I think maybe this year with the day passes, I can convince a few more to just show up because Mm -hmm. they won't have to be there the whole time. (laughs) Well, I completely agree because there's, we've gotten an email too where it's, where somebody is asking like, I don't make indie games. I'm not, I don't make any games at all. Like is GlitchCon still for me? And it's like, obviously we want that answer to be yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Come and play these games that other people have made. Um, As long as you're a player of games, you can still I don't want to say provide value, but let's just say you don't make any games, but you like playing games. You could come to this thing and interact with a bunch of local developers and provide feedback to them that they would just find yes. extremely valuable yes. and take oh, away yeah. from Steven's it. Steven's eyes are lighting up <laughs> over there. <laughs> so, <laughs> Those and, people and, should come. <laughs> and that's the thing. So yeah. if you don't make games or you're not involved in the industry, that doesn't mean this isn't for you. I mean, mm-hmm. We want to make sure that, that it doesn't get carried a way where people think like, oh, it's only for developers. Yeah, There's no yeah. value for me if, I, if I'm not one. You know, and at, at a time where like uh, video game blogs and information online is consumed by gamers, but is the content is very much behind the scenes. Like, mm-hmm. I think people will be interested in that um, uh, that avenue of it, and you can you can exploit that desire that a, a general audience has. I know, I'm sure uh, you, we don't know what the keynote is. We yeah. don't, you might, <laughs> um, but you know, last year that served that audience fairly well. And there's a play track this year that is yep. meant for that audience, right? Yep. Yep. So there will be on the play track. Um, there will be certain things like, uh, there will be, uh, so there's the mini but then we'll have like an open session thing that I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to have, even though it has been finalized, where anybody can come in, drop by, show off their project in whatever state it is, mm-hmm. even if it's just literally a prototype. And then you, on the flip side of that, you can come and interact with these people and kind of give them feedback on that. Mm-hmm. But then there will be other things that we haven't uh, finalized necessarily. But, you know, like we're, these, I'm just throwing out a bunch of stuff that I know is in consideration, but maybe some kind of a tournament. There was Ooh. also the idea. Yeah. <laughs> there was also the idea of, uh, and this is something that I was kind of pushing for, and I don't know if we'll be able to do, but like something funny with the idea of making people play a competitive game with each other. 
with a different form of a controller. Oh. So like making people, I don't think we'll be able to do this, but like make like a huge overwatch tournament based on a guitar hero controller. Oh. Forcing people to like that compete so that cool. way. Everybody plays Lucia with the D. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Or like uh, the guy like controlled it with a microwave or something. Yeah. So we're thinking of like making people compete or play some kind of a game, but forcing them to do it with some weird controller or mm. some, maybe uh-huh. something else where like, one player controls like the the look and the other player controls the feet, something like that. Mm-hmm. So just kind of messing with how a game is played and making people compete. So that's another one of the things that I, I know is in consideration. But yeah, we're just trying to find more ways for people who just show up, just want to play. They don't really necessarily care about any of the more in-depth or technical talks, mm-hmm. but there'll still be something for them to do. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Nice. It sounds like there's a lot of planning that goes into these things. So how do you keep it all? Yeah, there's a crack. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot more than I thought there was going to be. <laughs> yeah. I was using a Trello board at one point, but that thing is just like, it's just so gone. that I'm <laughs> That's the story of every Trello board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, luckily there are other people around who kind of keep me on track and remind me of things that I forget because that, that happens a decent amount mm-hmm. just because there, there's so many moving pieces. Like yeah. somebody will pop in and be like, Hey, what is this? What's the status on a liquor license? And I'll just be like, yeah. I haven't thought about that for a week. So I'll go find <laughs> that right now mm-hmm. yeah but um what i should be doing is kind of so when i worked at activision as a as a financial analyst there were pre-built like pacers and things like that excel sheets that you could essentially fill out mm-hmm. oh, okay um, i suppose in theory i could have made one from scratch for this but <laughs> it's too late now probably to <laughs> go down that road but that wouldn't help you till next time anyway yeah exactly that's like that's something i probably should have been doing that's next year alex's problem yeah exactly (laughs) no it's it's i don't know it's so there should have been there's probably some resources like i should have been updating the trello every step i made but Mm -hmm. i didn't and so now it's just kind of keeping track of basically one of the main things i'm doing is starring emails and gmail yeah and then just going back and being like oh this one needs to be addressed and things like that yeah, that's sort of like uh, everything tumbling over you as it moves too quickly. That's it, you can almost hear the sound of our entire audience empathizing with you. <laughs> I, I hope so, <laughs> because hope that so. is so common to, yeah. to to development on a small team. Um, yeah, so you're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you guys know you try to account for every single problem, but it's like, oh, this thing should take me five minutes. Ends up taking like a week. Yeah, and then the thing that you're like, I set out a week to do this. Oh, I'm done with that. It was already five minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It's a juggling act. I'm yeah. sure you guys all know this. It's, yeah. just, it's purely a juggling act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that transitions us a little bit into sort of more general advice. Like, let's say there's someone out there who wants to put on their own event. They want to start up just a like a one night tournament at a bar, or they mm-hmm. want to put on an, a you know something a, a convention or something of their own interest. What are as as this is the first time you've put on an event this big? Yep. Uh, what uh, what uh, tips would you give to someone who uh, maybe wouldn't be able to find that kind of thing on the internet? Okay, well, first and foremost, it definitely helps to talk to somebody who's done it because <laughs> they, they can kind of nail down specific things that you definitely won't think of. Yeah. So that's definitely one of them. Um, as for the second one, it's, it, it's, it's weird. There's like some general project management strategies that yeah. you, could, you could implement, mm-hmm. like even in terms of documenting everything you do. And once again, it's like I'm not necessarily utilizing all of them to their <laughs> best capacity, but they exist. Um, but it's, it's definitely a uh, talk to somebody who has kind of done what you've done to a certain degree. You don't need to necessarily do it how they did it, but they can, they can kind of guide you through the steps, mm-hmm. kind of tell you what is more. Im- so there are things in my mind 
that I thought were ranked in like importance of order. Mm-hmm. And then I would talk to Ava and then she would be like, like number three and number five are actually just a breeze. You can drop those down. Number 10 on your list is actually very high priority. Yeah. And so that's another thing that that's nice to learn from somebody who's done it before. It's just like these things you don't think are important might be more important than they are and vice versa. And that's something I guess you won't really know until you kind of run into the problem with it. Mm-hmm. And that's why talking to somebody helps you ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, for example, uh, like, you know, getting a, getting a potentially getting a liquor license. And then I finally looked into it and found out that you have to do it at least 30 days ahead of time. Yeah. Oh. And so that, I mean, that's the thing. That's something you're just like, Oh, you know, like don't know anything about it. Maybe <laughs> I can get it in like two, three days or something. Right. And then finding out like, Oh no, you have to, you have to apply a month ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's hard to get for me to give advice on things like this, especially since I haven't done it so in depth, but Mm -hmm. definitely talk to somebody who has done something kind of like it. It doesn't have to be a one for one, but just experience with managing a bunch of moving parts, I guess I'd say. Yeah. 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 Well, I can tell you just me watching you work on this. You don't seem out of your depth at all. You seem like you're moving forward (laughs) cautiously, but confidently. So I just maybe to boost you a little bit, but like, oh, I mean, h- how would you ad- advise people? Like what attitude should they have on, especially if there's just parts they don't know, like, like, should they just charge forward? Should they stop and look back? Like what is, what's the, what are the pitfalls of, of that kind of working? Okay. Uh, the first thing I will say that I have learned is if, if, if what you are trying to do involves getting a hold of a lot of different people, yeah. be prepared for a large majority, not a large majority, be prepared for a, <laughs> a portion of them to just not reply. Yeah. (laughs) Like not even like, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't help you or something like that. There will just be a portion that just won't reply. So you're going to have to set a bunch of internal deadlines. That is, that's one of the things that I've learned is put a bunch of internal deadlines for yourself, whether it's in terms of like, this is a step I need to get done before, before my set date of my project. Like that set date is not your deadline. Obviously there's Mm -hmm. other things that I'll have to do. So it's like, if I'm trying to get this idea or this thing off the ground as a component of my whole project and I haven't gotten any of it done by, let's just say two weeks from now, then you kind of just have to scrap it and move on. Yeah. And so then that's kind of the things with reaching out and talking to people. If I haven't heard by her back from, let's just say a certain, I don't know, like we're trying to reach out to somebody for, let's just say alcohol or food. Mm -hmm. If I haven't heard from somebody by this period of time, I just have to move on. And that's one of the things you'll just kind of have to internalize. It's just like, I have to accept that like, like this didn't work. I have to move on. I have to keep going. Yeah. Like not, you can plan everything out. You can plan all your steps, but you will not do them. I guarantee you, you will not do them in order from left to right. Like, so you have to be <laughs> uh-huh. ready to say, okay, I'll put a pin on that. I'll come back to that. Yeah. But yeah, you just, I guess, yeah, you do have to just keep charging forward because it's obviously kind of discouraging to email a bunch of people, not get some replies and be like, Oh, this, the rest of my plan involved everybody replying on time. So <laughs> now I just have to keep going. Right. And learning that that's like that in terms of how many replies you're getting, you're actually doing very well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like knowing what the standard is for that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's acceptance of compromise. That's something that indie devs have to do as yep. well. It's I was like, just going to say, it sounds very similar to game development. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I came from the finance world where it was like, Hey, I need you to get me this spreadsheet by the end of this week. And if that and, you know, whatever my job was at that time is crucial on this spreadsheet. And it's like, if they don't get it to me by the end of this week, I can just, and this is something people do in business. You just go to the person, you just email the person above them, obviously with them on copy. And you're just like, Hey, I need this, just a gentle reminder. I need this spreadsheet again. 
And then obviously they see their boss on copy and they're like, Oh, here it is. (laughs) But like in this particular instance, there is nobody above any of these people. Mm. It's like, it's just these people. So if they don't reply, right. Right. uh, That's it. I'm done. I'll bug you again. But you know, you don't reply. There's absolutely nothing I can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anybody out there, just get back to Alex already. (laughs) He's emailed you like three times. Come on. What's wrong with you? (laughs) I've called. I've showed up at your house. (laughs) Still won't let me in. No, but I I get it too. People are busy, things like that. So, Well, if people are looking to find more about you and GlitchCon, where would they go to find that stuff? Um, They can find GlitchCon stuff at www.glitchcon.mn. And... um, about me, I don't know specifically. <laughs> like you're like you where you're on Twitter. Oh, okay. Uh my Twitter handle is Defcron. <laughs> that is spelled D-E-F-K-R-O-N. And I Choice. feel like I'm like obligated to explain where that came from now. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> Basically, uh, he'll never hear this. I had this buddy in high school who like every he was he was trying to talk about politics or something, something government related. Uh-huh. Every time he kept trying to say the word DEFCON, yeah, as in like our our defense. I can't remember what the second part condition. is. Condition. Yeah, defense condition. He would say DEFCRON every single time. <laughs> and after a while, everybody, like our our friend group, unanimously decided like that, yo, that actually sounds kind of tight. Yeah. And I was like the first one to be like, all right, I'm, I'm pulling it. I'm pulling it for stuff. <laughs> nice. I'm going to name my account that you guys can't do it anymore. My favorite part of that story is that you had a conversation with someone that involved DEFCON <laughs> often <laughs> enough. Multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> well, it got to a certain point where we were just like, hey, uh, hey, what's the name of that? You know, I don't want to say the buddy's name, but like, hey, so-and-so, what's the name of that thing? Where and he'd be like, oh, DEFCON? And we're like, no, that's not it, but you did what we wanted you to do. Nice. <laughs> Utterly memorable. No one will forget that. So let's just find Alex through that way. That's great. <laughs> Big announcement? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hype, uh, hype, 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 hype. <laughs> What's this hype all about, Steve? I think it's about our contest coming up. What? Oh, wow. Contest? Yes. Oh. Uh, our listeners can win something? They can. <gasps> what can they win? They can win tickets to GlitchCon. Oh, my. 2017. <laughs> That's incredible. What do they have to do to be bestowed upon such an hour? All they have to do is send an iTunes review. Oh, man. That must be hard. It kind of is. <laughs> Steven, you're supposed to say, no, it's easy. No, it's easy. <laughs> it's not that difficult, guys. All you got to do is download iTunes, give us a review on our, on our podcast, and we can potentially give you tickets to GlitchCon 2017. That's right. Um, you can go to nicegames.club slash iTunes. Right. That will take you to our iTunes page. And if you haven't downloaded iTunes already, please do, even if you're not an iTunes listener, um, because that's really just where all the reviews go. And um, leave us a review, positive or negative. We do not care. Yes. I mean, we care a little bit, but not for the purposes of this content. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just send us a review on iTunes and then let us know either through Twitter or email. What's that address? Contact at nicegames.club. That's right. And on Twitter and everywhere else at nicegamesclub. Let us know you sent it uh, so we can get in touch with you if you are the winner for a full pass ticket to GlitchCon, which is coming up May 5th to the 7th. So yes. make sure you can go right. uh, before you enter. But leave us a review even if you can't, because yeah. really we... It's valuable to us, um, not just uh, so we can give you stuff, but uh, so we can get feedback from you. And of course, also so that other listeners can find the show. Yeah. Just again, reminder, it's nicegames.club slash iTunes. And we hope to see you at GlitchCon. It's going to be really fun. Uh, all right. Well, that is our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. And be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us or nice like Alex, right?
Uh, yeah, like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally believe you. Uh, especially if you're a new listener, uh, we want to know that you're out there. So uh, leave a review and tell all your friends too. Also, new listeners, we want your feedback. Please, Steven, please, how, please. How can they give that to us? You can give it to us at nicegames.club slash feedback. Yes, do it now. Stephen demands it of you. Uh, of course, we want to hear directly from you as well. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics. Ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as your nice guests, and all the links and notes from this episode and others at nicegames.club. So, until we start again, remember to... Play nice. And make nice. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.